Still scary. Still scary after all these years. There might be some singing today. I was going to say, you can take uh, the boy out of the karaoke night, but you can't, you can't take the karaoke night out of the boy. So my grandma used to say. <laughs> it's on her tombstone. Yeah. And it's always playing, uh, it's raining men. <laughs> But the karaoke version. There's a screen on there so you can sing along. So, like, instead of an inter- eternal flame, yeah. it's just Paul Schaefer's greatest hit, It's Rain and Men. <laughs> yeah. It's a big hit at the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Schaefer, straight or gay? I mean, he always talks about his wife. Does he? I don't know. Oh. Uh, I don't. Is it like how. Want how... To presume. Is it like how Corky St. Clair always talked about his wife? <laughs> Possibly. Okay. Should we call him up and ask him? Yeah, here. Hello, Paul? Oh. <laughs> yes? I, I was just, I was wondering if your wife is available. This bit is going great. <laughs> okay, bit over. I can't even keep it for two sentences. Oh, Paul hung up on you. How rude. I just, for some reason, I had in my head that you were going to play Paul. <laughs> I thought you were going to play Paul. I'm playing Matt. Well, uh, sorry. Wow, that was embarrassing. Anyway. Uh, we promise you better, uh, listeners, going forward. <sighs> Matt. Yeah? It is the spooky, scary season. Mm-hmm. And I've got a question for you. When I was a kid... Well, I have a setup before I ask the question, so okay. I don't want you to think that I'm just jumping. I'm, I'm skirting the Time question. is scarce I'll here, Ryan. <laughs> okay, so uh, when I was a kid, uh, my elementary school used to have haunted houses. Yeah. And, uh, you know, looking back on them, they're very hokey and, like, they're not scary at all. But lately, as an adult, I've gone to more professional haunted houses. Like, you know, the, the Georgetown Morgue is a is a big one here. Those are a little scarier, but they're, they're still... You know, it's just fun. They're fun, scary. I like haunted houses. Yeah, I do too. Um, what kind of things in a haunted house do you like to see? Um, I remember one of the radio stations in the area when I was like in junior high, maybe late elementary school, sponsored one. It was probably like, you know, KNDD, The End mm-hmm. or something. But it had, it was like a walkway, like a standard like metal bridge with, with rails on it and uh-huh. things like that. But it was in like this circular tube that spun around yeah 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 and it had like kind of splattery stripes all over it so it's just like while you're walking through it and like everything's turning like it makes it feel like you're starting to like walk sideways Uh uh-huh they still have that 
Do they? I went to the Georgetown morgue last year, and that was like the last thing you walk through. Oh, okay. And like, as you come out, you're like, <laughs> yeah. So this was like on the way in. It was like the first thing that got oh, to you. Disorient you right away. Yeah. I remember as a kid going to a haunted house. It was next to like a movie theater. Oh, okay. And they had like a lot of projections that looked very realistic that like they had like a ghost projection and like the way that they had it was like it projected onto like a, a, a dummy. Ooh. So it kind of created like a three-dimensional effect to this little like ghostly apparition. Ooh. Yeah, I, I like that quite a bit. Um, I remember being in a haunted house with my dad, and it was like the first time I'd ever like encountered a strobe light. I was probably like six, seven, something like Can't that. Can't have a haunted house without a strobe light. And the walls were like black and white Jackson Pollock style. Uh-huh. And so real intense strobe light. Like when the lights went out, it was black. And I like it was also very disorientating. And I remember I was like looking for my dad because I was getting a little freaked out because I was so young and I could see him off in the distance. And it was like he was walking over towards me, but it was strobe light. So it was just like a little closer, a little closer, a <laughs> little closer. Then he's like right at my face. Did you scream? No, I just that impression of like the effect that a strobe light has. And like there was something about the way that he was moving that it looked like he wasn't moving. Like his right mm-hmm. leg was always out. And so every flash, it was like he was in the same posture, just creepy, a foot closer to me. I like that. Um, Haunted House at Puyallup Fair once, I think is what it was. That was one that had like real people like dressed up and like with like fake chainsaws and stuff. Oh, yeah. That would sort of chase you around. Those are my favorite. It depends on when and where it happens, I guess. I don't want it the whole time. Right. Sometimes I want to mosey through the haunted house. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, you know, sometimes you need to get moving along, and those guys are good for that. Yeah. that's They got to get them through. <laughs> got to make their money. Yeah. Yeah. One year I went to one, and um, they let us in, me and my friend Ashley in. Uh, she's, she's my go-to for going to haunted houses. Uh, we went one year, and they let us in with a big group of teenagers, and the teenagers were in the front. We were just, like, the last two that they threw in with them for that group because they were like, we need two more people. And the people in that group would get all the jump scares and then stop. And so we'd just be like kind of trapped and be like, what was, we missed the scare. <laughs> and then the as we'd pass through the room, finally, the people that were in the room were like, keep oh. moving. And it's like, I, it's, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. This is, a, I don't know these people. So that can be frustrating. Yeah, I, I prefer the walk through haunted houses as opposed to like the spook house rides at a fair. Oh, yeah. Like, the, Those like, are silly. Yeah, like the the house of farts or something. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, I'm not into that sort of thing. Like those ones are always super boring. It's like a door opens and like a spring pops out. Ah! Like something was supposed to be there. <laughs> I love no, I love going in the ones yeah that you can walk through on your own and there's like they're filled with people doing like jump scares. Yeah, because it's like you walk into a room and you're like what what's gonna scare me in here? Yeah, and then I always just like laugh scream i just mm-hmm. always go ah <laughs> i'm just doing that the whole way through like i'm never really scared it's just like adrenaline and like knowing i'm gonna be startled a bunch like i don't know i for me it, they're just it's a lot of fun i went to a dinner theater once where uh between each course we had to move to a different room mm. and it was in like a, a old like playhouse and 
there was one point where we were like walking along like the the balcony seats from like one side to the other. Okay. And there was just this like person like dressed all in white on stage playing a piano, but just playing like really like eerie like a uh, uh, very subtle music and like he was like you could only see him because he was dressed in white like mm. if he was dressed in black you wouldn't really be able to see him at the piano Ooh. or that was always really creepy was it so this was like a creepy dinner theater thing yeah a little bit fun yeah that's pretty cool yeah i like that one uh how do you feel about haunted corn mazes on principle i'm fine with it but uh the last corn maze I went to, the corn was only, uh, you know, yay high or so. <laughs> so it was like I could like clearly see over the corn oh. and look at the maze. Was it haunted? Yeah, <laughs> not really. I don't think. Mm. I don't. I don't remember m- much haunting happening. Yeah. Was it for like five year olds? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, I mean, that's your problem. So tell me about your haunted corn mazes. I've never been to one. Oh. I've always wanted to. They sound, it sounds scarier. Like if the corn's high enough, because like in corn, they can jump out wherever. Yeah. That's scary. It's like that movie, um, Signs. Yeah. Yeah. Or the band Corn. Ooh. Scary. I mean, that type of music is probably the scariest thing I can imagine right now. Yeah, it's got its droney, scary... Today's movie. <laughs> Sorry, you set me up there, and I didn't. I didn't deliver. I, I couldn't follow through. But it's um, fine. It's fine. I didn't follow through on our Paul bit either. <laughs> today's episode. Today's movie is the gothic horror rock musical opera Repo, the genetic opera. You asked for some shit musicals, Matt, and I am delivering. Yeah, this is definitely a be careful what you wish for situation. <laughs> like, I'd seen the trailer for this not too long ago. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, it looks shitty, but that's never stopped me from watching a movie before. But, like, the fact that you picked this and, like, right in, like, the first 40 seconds, I took the note, will Ryan do me dirty? <laughs> And uh, I think the answer on this one's yes. Oh no! All right, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you this. Uh, first time I saw this movie on the Riddler scale, 100% no. It's like this is not. No, just no. Yeah, and uh-huh. it's not even like fun. Couldn't even make fun of it. This time around, I'm on question mark. <laughs> so, prior to this viewing, you uh-huh. were no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've, the the Riddler's hand has moved to the question mark. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, because I think it's easy to say just because something's not for me that it's bad, and this and that <laughs> this is why I'm not like this is the worst thing you've ever made me do. 
this isn't like, say, a Greasy Strangler uh-huh. or a Siren in the Dark. This is for somebody. Yeah. Just not us. No. Uh-uh. And I really tried to appreciate it. I was really rooting for it this time around, to be honest. My first note, I think, is like, I'm still rooting for this movie. And uh, it just, it's its a kind of a letdown. It's a letdown. I enjoy the premise. I know. What a great world we've got. <laughs> but it, yeah. I don't like the story they're telling in this world. Well, it definitely sacrifices good sci-fi drama for just soap opera drama. Yeah. You know, they could have Philip K. Dick this up, you know, wouldn't it be so much better if circumstances led up to uh, the Repo Man needing to collect, you know, repossession? A loved ones. Well, his daughter's organs or something. Like, I mean, hello. He, like, what if instead of this, like, power struggle for Gene Co., we replace it with... He took this job, even though it goes against his morals, because he's got, you know, a, a bubble boy for a kid. Mm-hmm. And his goal is to sort of skim off the top, Angelica Houston, grifter style, uh-huh, uh-huh. and collect organs from these people that he's repossessing from, ones that aren't being repossessed. And he gives them to his daughter... So she's just filled so, with organs? Look at you! You've gone too far! You're a hideous blob of stolen organs! B- replacing her organs so oh, that, okay. like, he'll, <laughs> he'll keep doing this until she can, like, no longer be quarantined to the bubble. Right. But circumstances lead up that, like, uh, in order to keep this job, and, like, he's only one organ away from completing his task, he, like, has to repossess an organ that he thought was free and is now in his daughter. And it's like a heart or something, you yeah. know, something important, you know, not, not like a, a gallbladder, not a spleen or something. <laughs> and so he has to make the choice between his, uh, the going concern, the, the job that, that gives his daughter life and then having to, to repossess something that may take her life. See, where were you on the script? <laughs> yeah. See, that's sort of what I was kind of hoping. Like, well, okay. I saw the trailer for this. When I was watching some piece of crap years and years ago, before it had come out, this was like in theaters, I saw this preview and I was like, I am 100% seeing that. And that wasn't like ironic either. I was kind of like, that looks kind of awesome. So I was excited about it. And then like, it came and went with like little fanfare. And then one day I was just dicking around on the internet. I was like, whatever happened to that repo opera and looked it up and it had come and gone and was a huge failure. And I was like, oh, that sucks. But then very recently, like I'd say two or three years ago, I, I was when like... When you were I, shopping at a Hot Topic? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to watch this. And uh, picked it up out of the used DVD bin at my local Hot Topic <laughs> in the mall. They have used DVDs there, do they? They do now, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you just had to sift through all those Nightmare Before Christmas action figures? I mean, there were a lot. Because <laughs> the preview, I thought, when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is going to be like, he's he's a repo man. <laughs> Where he collects organs for a living, and now he's like suddenly having a crisis of conscience mm-hmm. and doesn't want to do it anymore. But he's like in a contract, so he has to. That's where I thought there was going to be some more. I mean, like conflict. the scenario that I just yes, drew up yeah, for you. yeah, exactly. Or I just, but instead they choose to focus on 
a rebellious daughter and who's going to inherit the throne of Jinko. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, this isn't a bad premise. Like, it's kind of an exciting premise. And the premise also kind of does bear some, like, fun visual stuff. I do like the idea of uh, being, quote, addicted to the knife. Addicted to the knife? Addicted to the knife. Like, it seems very realistic that in a time where surgery, plastic or otherwise, is commonplace, that people do it frequently. Yeah. Uh, Or that they the experience becomes addictive in some ways. Like for some reason, like that rings true to me. Mm-hmm. And so like when Amber sweet played by the Paris Hilton, <laughs> not to like jump too far, but like there's that song near the end where her face is falling off. Like, right. She had the, the shoddy surgery. I think last week I said she turns inside out, but it's just her face falls off. Guys. Yeah. So, but like when she's up there singing and it's like her forehead like starts sliding down, I'm like, you know what? This is kind of good. Yeah, I kind of liked it too. I like this concept. I think Paris Hilton was a good actress for this because like you can believe that she's someone who would have tons of plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Not the best singer. Not the best singer. I kind of liked her dress a little bit. I actually think like the production design, while some of it looked cheap was good I think overall. I feel like most of the cheapness just comes from like the really like airbrushed cinematography mm. because that's what makes it look cheap. It makes it look like they're trying to hide everything. Uh. Everything's got soft edges. Everything's uh, uh, lit too brightly to like hide Sarah Brightman's wrinkles. <laughs> like, okay, we have to talk about this cast too. Oh, this- bananas cast. <laughs> Like, for the cheapest movie you've never heard of, it's got the biggest stars. I mean, it's insane. Paris Hilton, Sarah Brightman, who you just mentioned, Anthony Head, is that his name from Buffy? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I don't know him, but... Okay, well, he's big enough. Yeah. Uh, Paul Sorvino. Yeah. Um, Who I knew Paul Sorvino. I was just like, from the gravitas that he brings with his, like, quiet but strong movements and, like, you know, Goodfellas or something, I was like... Something tells me he's got a little opera background in him. Like he's I, a fucking opera singer. Yeah, I was like, something tells me he was raised in a good Italian household that just had Puccini playing nonstop. And yeah, it's like he doesn't do the 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 recitative, like the talk singing. No, but when he needs to belt out an actual aria. He kind of is fucking awesome. No, at yeah, it. he sounds like oh shit. Yeah, degenerates who would wait every cent of my gold. It makes the world around gold. It makes the world around. I mean, I didn't check to see if it was actually him singing. It is. Okay. And it looked like him. Like, the, the lip syncing was spot on. If so. you look at his Wikipedia page, it lists him as an opera singer. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was super impressed. I was like, I was kind of sad that a character actor of that caliber was, because this had to be one of his last roles. Oh, um, possibly. I was just like, ugh. Oh, well. I mean, that's not what he's going to be remembered by, but. No, he'll be remembered as Worf's stepbrother from Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, is he really? Yeah. 
Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Boy, Worf gets all the good uh, relatives. Tony Todd, Paul I Sorvino. I know. Anyway, he's good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think Sarah Brightman is good. I don't understand her character <laughs> at all. What? Who? What's up with those eyes? Why does she have projector eyes? Well, yeah, that's what I was like. So her name's Blind Madge. Right. And I couldn't figure. They kept saying that she was born blind. And then she got eyes from Gene Co. Right. On the condition that like she has like a lifetime contract with Gene Co. Right. To sing. And like, you know, the proceeds go roughly to Gene Co. Right. But then I was like, well, her eyes are crazy. Can she see now? And if she can see, why is she still blind Madge? They see, but they also can project images, like Star Wars style. <laughs> she's, she's got R2-D2 in her pupil. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like all she can project is uh, Shiloh's mom. I don't know. That was really bizarre. I just kind of thought that that might have been like an image in her head, and it wasn't a literal projection. It was like... A figment that she was seeing. So these eyeballs, they're projecting things she, she not is thinking? L- not literally. Like, I don't think anyone else can see these projections. But Shiloh saw that. Oh, did she? I think so. Because she's like, how'd you do that? How'd you do that? Do what? Do that. That I think. These eyes can do more than see. I know. I mean, I've seen you sing. Then, yeah, they're the, the R2-D2 things. I mean, you got to be careful what you're thinking. <laughs> Well, she must have some control over it. Like, she must have been projecting Shiloh's mom in order to be, like, jogging her own memory or something. Then. Is there, like, a USB port and she just uploads images to it? And she's, like, <laughs> clicks play? <laughs> just an ongoing GIF slideshow? Why would you add that? I don't know. It was I was really confused by that. But, I mean, Sarah Brightman, I I mean, as much as I feel like I'm going to shit on Andrew Lloyd Webber while talking about this, as this does feel like, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber just got, like, raw-dogged by various goth bands. (laughs) Um, I mean, Sarah Brightman can also sing. Oh, yeah, yeah. She hits that whole aria. (laughs) She hits that high F like nobody else. If you don't know who Sarah Brightman is, then you're probably not a gay man of a certain age whose parents blasted highlights from the Phantom of the Opera while you were in a formative time in your life. Thank you, Mom and Dad. Uh, But I know who Sarah Brightman is, and to some people, she holds a certain cachet. Don't forget she sang that disco song, I fell in love with the Starship Trooper. (laughs) I'll put it in. Don't worry. Okay, thank you. I didn't come to Sarah Brightman until later in life because my stepdad was a classic rock fan and my mom like, you know, what we would call alternative rock, I guess, from the 60s and 70s. So, yeah, I didn't really know who Sarah Brightman was till I started working at the record store. And then I was like, oh, she's Christine, the one that I was like, oh, that makes sense that she was married to Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, he's responsible for all Not this. Not really playing a far-off character from Christine, TBH. 
she never does. Like all of her albums are just regurgitated Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Like like a like a bird feeding a baby. <laughs> yeah. Her albums are just mushed up worm guts. Let me I'm gonna look at see what her next album is coming out. Oh. Sarah Brightman sings the mushed up worm guts of Andrew Lloyd Webber. So yeah, it, the, to me the the biggest problem here is just how it looks. It's got a lot of cheap digital to it, really blown out lighting. Yeah, I don't. I, my biggest problem is like, okay, there's no question that a lot of work went into this from the ground up, like to write an entire ninety minute musical, all music. That's hard, and so I want to acknowledge just like a lot of work went into this, but. I think for all the work that went into it, like the lyrics are my biggest sticking point because it's like sometimes it feels like it should rhyme where it doesn't. And sometimes it feels like they're rhyming too much. Well, I mean, this is and like I agree with you, like coming up with a whole 90 minute musical because this isn't like a regular musical where there's song talking, song talking. This is song recitative into next song yeah it's There's like little music. mini songs that like will connect you to bigger songs that's a lot of work it's a lot of work it's a lot of work but this isn't also the most musically sophisticated musical that we've covered in fact this one might be like the least musically sophisticated like there was a lot of times where it really felt like the singer and the the accompaniment were off a beat or two they weren't on the same tempo or the tracks didn't match up or, or something happened in post that, that set it awry. But I mean, Shiloh, I think was probably the biggest culprit of this, at least like Paris Hilton DJs and like understands like beats and things like that. There's like attempts at, at making like music gestures. So like when Shiloh sings often, it sounds kind of like punky. Tell me why, why am I and she has that horrible sort of style yeah and she has that like horrible pop punk mall punk song about being 17 which thematically works for her character but does not work with the rest of the music that's going on and unfortunately that's also when Joan Jett appears and really yeah that's Joan Jett Oh, I had no idea. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And Continue. It, it just it just shows like what you're saying where it's like it's not the most musically sophisticated because when she finally comes on, her guitar line is chunk chugga 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 chunk chugga 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 chunk chugga 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 yeah. and it's like oh, you're so much better than this Joe Chet. <laughs> like what are you doing? I yeah, I mean that that that's I mean some of the songs were catchy, but sure. I also kind of have this problem that you're trying to make this like edgy totally unmainstream the the critics will never understand this sort of thing but like the music is essentially just really rudimentary pop songs yeah it's evanescence the musical oh yeah, totally yeah and th- that always kind of bothers me when it's like you're playing edgy but it's actually just crappy and safe i had the thought that like okay you know we're we're, we're arguing that like this is a movie that's just not for us mm-hmm. and i'm like well who is it for then and the best i can come up with is like i think the movie is aiming for a teenage market mm-hmm. like it's going for gothy teens especially it, goth girls and it's not super sexually explicit they don't swear 
I mean, there is gore and violence, but even then, it's not really it's kind of playful obscene, gore, especially considering that the director of this did Saw two, three, and four. Right. If like, you saw Saw one and you saw Saw two, you got to see Saw three too. You butchered it. <laughs> if you saw Saw and you saw Saw two, then see Saw three too. Whatever. <laughs> the whole point is to end on the two, not also. <laughs> is that what I said? I think so. <laughs> Well, then I did see Saw 3 as well. (laughs) Then one must also include Saw 3 in their repertoire. Uh, Yeah, and like, I mean, I don't know. The gore for me is is fun gore. Yeah, it's not bad. And like, it's it's never like, oh, no. Oh, like, it's never squeamish. It's sometimes gratuitous, though. Like, when... Luigi, his first line is like, I'm the smartest and the toughest. I will find a hole and fuck it. And then he like mm-hmm. stabs that girl for oh, no reason. He... She's just sitting there screaming, bleeding. And I'm just like, okay, we don't really need this. Yeah, the the two brothers in here, I found to be probably the most obnoxious characters. Because like, yeah. I don't think they really service the plot at all. <sighs> Again, I wish that they hadn't chosen this as the storyline like i don't think pavi needs children necessarily like we could have him still be a figure like as the head of gene co he's the big bad mm-hmm. but we don't have to have his whole family drama i don't care i don't i still don't understand what paris hilton does like she's not interested in owning the company even though she ends up getting it in the yeah. end yeah see i think it would have been good if like you know, Jinko was going to be passed down, but... Uh, he had no heir. Or, well, no, I was going to oh. say he has an heir, but, like, the task to, like, make it worthy for, for Amber or maybe one of the kids was to create a scenario where this repo man couldn't retire or, you know, not do his job anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that makes them the villain. But, like, right now, they're not really villains. They're just other characters. Yeah, and they're, they're like... They switched the music style for them too into this sort of like circusy, oompa oompa mm-hmm. stuff. Which it's like I understand what you're doing, but it doesn't vary the rock in the way that I want that to be varied. Like there's so many different styles of rock. Like going back to that stupid pop punk song, I'm like you can have her style be punk. And not go for that easy, low-hanging mall punk yeah. thing. Like, it just clangs to me when it starts in. Because I'm just like, this isn't... That's not the mood we're in, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, same thing with this, like, circusy stuff when they come in. It's not quite... I, I don't know. It's, it's not right. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, I think it's because, like, you and I, when, like... When the goth culture that we cut our teeth with was more clinging to the Cure or Bauhaus or something like that... Yeah. And, like, when we think of goth music, we think of that, like... Well, uh, Ogre's there to give cred, I assume. See, I never got on the Skinny Puppy bandwagon. Like, oh. I know that they had a lot of albums and that they're, they, they're held in a certain level of esteem. But, like, to me, like, they were always too polished. I mean, not that The Cure was exactly raw in their, you know, more popular years. But, I don't know, Skinny Puppy always just seemed so studio. Hmm. Were you a Skinny Puppy fan? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going into it being like, well, skinny puppies no, 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 I was more artistically... A, I, I came to goth very late, 
And so I've kind of cherry picked the bands I had time to, to listen to. Mm-hmm. And so I picked Frontline Assembly was the one I listened to. Oh, more. okay. So, yeah. Um, Definitely more in the industrial yeah. uh, uh, realm of things, I feel. Yeah. And Susie and the Banshees. So that, that yeah. those were kind of my, yeah, yeah, yeah. my big ones. But um, neither of whom are in this movie. So <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. Well, anyway, he wears a weird face. So okay, I didn't I I didn't know which one Ogre was, but he's so he's that brother. Yeah, Pavi though, like la 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 brother. Uh, that's weird because I I honestly didn't feel like he had that great of a voice. I honestly feel like he didn't have that great of a part. No, not really. What was he, what was he there for other than to look creepy um, and like have something for Luigi to fight with? I don't know. Yeah, who who's the dude in the grave robber song? I think that's one of the original writers of. I think you're right. His voice is actually all right. I yeah. can see why he's a singer. Like mm-hmm. when he was doing that grave robber song, even though it had this kind of obnoxious nursery rhyme aspect to it, where they like they kept saying the same thing like three times. It was like he'd say it, she'd say it, and then like the chorus would say it. I'm like, oh, Ugh. you know, it's like when they're talking about the drug, and he's like, it comes in a little glass vial, little glass vial, a little glass vial. Yeah, that I'm like, ugh, exactly. That's what uh, I mean. Like rhyme, rhyme, rhyme. Stop it. <laughs> It's and it's just like so childish. Like I don't know what that's it. Why this type of of rhyme scheme is, is doing in something like this, or like when he's when he's like, uh, "I was born to rob." Graves! Something like that. Yeah, that, I laughed really hard. <laughs> Uh, it works, like I suppose. Yeah, I but. just uh, yeah, I thought his voice was pretty good, and I was like, oh, maybe that's ogre. But like, I looked it up later, and it wasn't. And I was like, oh, okay. no, I think he's one of the writers of the musical. And like, it start apparently the story with this is that it started out as like a very small stage production. And actually, I'm like, you know what? This does seem like it would lend itself to an awesome stage production. Like some of these things I would gladly see and support more on like a scrappy tiny theater than I do in like a big budget movie. Oh, sure. I remember in high school going to see bands at the old Redmond Firehouse. I don't even think it's there anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was definitely one night I was there to see my friend's band and like some goth band opened for them and they 100% covered music of the night and like this looked exactly like what that band would morph into if it had money. Yeah, I mean that just puts credence to the idea that they're aiming for teens here. Yeah, teen girls, which teen you'd girls. think would also be a movie up our alley, but uh, somehow it just isn't. They do have that nice line though: uh, "Better than forty. Oh, when was that? Somewhere early on. Rude. There's no sense in girlish dreaming. I'm just 17. 17. And it's better than 40. It's all just her being like, oh, my dad doesn't get me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I wasn't infected with his genetics <laughs> and have this blood disease. But it turns out he's been poisoning her so she won't go outside because he wants to protect her. So he's just like a helicopter dad. Yeah. What is that? Like uh, uh, Munchausen? I think, yeah. Munchausen by proxy or yeah, something? Yeah, I, I had that note. I was like, is this Munchausen by proxy? Possibly. Yeah. Um, but then it takes him dying for her to be like, oh, I didn't realize how much I loved you. <laughs> But 
But like going back to as a stage production, I could see this being cool. Like you see, if you're seeing like somebody ripping out guts on a stage, uh-huh. like that's exciting. You get thrilled. Like I might get blood on me. Yeah. Or like act three is like because they keep singing it's all gonna happen at the opera tonight you're mm-hmm. like oh well there's gonna be an opera like act three comes along it's like finally the opera like that could be really a good moment yeah it's um, the uh uh sesquipendennial for, for exactly blame. exactly now since the movie's come out it's kind of gained a cult following imagine that mm-hmm. and so they have showings of it and like sing-along showings of it yeah and actually i'm like i kind of want to go to it and see the people that are into this and like what parts you sing along with like of course you'd sing along with a little glass vial vial? yeah that's just asking for it or like i don't know there's there's probably like how does that one song go or it's like I am living out a lie. <laughs> that and uh, do you remember what you did to Marnie? I remember. So are are we in agreement here that the songs in this are more memorable than the songs in the Apple? The Apple. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Like we we're both reciting li- like I've only seen this movie once. Yeah. And like the the little glass file like stuck in my head that's rattling around mm, in there. This is more catchy than the apple. Yeah. It doesn't bode well for our review, but <laughs> <laughs> Well. Oh well. There are moments that like catch in your head though. So mm-hmm. but I, that's what I mean something. like these are just pop songs. Like they're a lot of them are earworms meant to just get inside your head. Yeah, well, and, like, if you're basing your musical on, or I guess let's call this an opera, if you're basing your opera on rock, like, rock often has hooks and that you repeat a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably why it feels less sophisticated, because often they're just, like, repeating hooks mm-hmm. and or rhythmic ideas. And that just gets to be a grind after a while. Yeah. So... It sucks because it's like, it's so disappointing because it's such a good premise. It could be so good. And how many other goth sci-fi horror musicals can you name? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, arguably Rocky Horror sci-fi. Yeah. Um, I was going to say maybe Sweeney Todd. And not sci-fi though. But not sci-fi. And so you're like, yeah. Damn. Like I'm it, glad this exists because we at least we have one. Yeah, and it's like I I want to get on board with it because it's it's like goth aesthetic I think can be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But this kind of took the gaudiness of opera, but not necessarily the regalness of it. Yeah, like it just went for big instead of uh, uh, bombastic, and I think that kind of hurt it. Where it's just things they're flashy, but they look cheap at the same time. I don't know. Or maybe it's just that, that because that the soft lighting makes me think that it's hiding imperfections, mm-hmm. that it, it's just hiding cheapness or something like maybe everything was very expensive or something like that. But I don't know that, that just films that look like that usually are cheap and had, had, had budget problems. So even though this has such a stellar cast in it, I just can't help but think like everything had to be done on the DL and that was just like their way of airbrushing it away. And I I feel like also when you said like when you're talking about opera, 
usually there's like a theme or like certain things people say or do have meaning symbols motifs yeah and it's like none of that's here we have like drugs that you extract from the nose of cadavers which doesn't mean anything other than like oh there's drugs in the movie Mm -hmm. and there's like organs that get taken out of people but that doesn't mean anything more than like there's a man who takes organs from people it's like none of this it's all surface you know there's like there's no extra bringing it any more depth than it has to what you're watching and that feels very empty Mm -hmm. it's also odd because it's painting everything as this like post-apocalyptic wasteland but it's like we kind of just hang around with like a bunch of rich people (laughs) that really don't seem to have any problems other than the ones that they make for themselves i guess there's not a lot of focus on say the negative ramifications of having a system like this also he's kept that job as a repo man from his daughter for 17 years yeah what does she think that he what does yeah what does she think he does also, question: Does Gene Co. send you like a statement saying you're late on your organ payment, or do they just like send a repo man if you miss one? Boy, I mean, they they made some reference that uh, they lobbied Congress that you know essentially legalizing well legalized assassins in the name of the song. Uh, <laughs> How about that? <laughs> uh, making it legal for these repo men to essentially kill the people that they're repossessing the organs from. Uh-huh. My theory is that Jinko would prefer the money to the organ. Right. But there might be a tipping point there where so much interest had accrued that they'd actually recouped all their money on the organ. And now if they repossess it, they can sell it again at the same price. Ooh, can you reuse an organ? Isn't that what they're doing? Like, aren't all the organs in this used? I thought they were just taking it back on principle and then throwing it away. But where do they get the organ to begin with? Oh, are they taking them from cadavers? They weren't, like, creating them, were they? Well, it's Gene Co., so there's, like, scientists making them, right? Is it addressed? Like, are they creating organs or are they getting them from other places would you prefer a used organ or a created lab grown organ well created lab organ but that doesn't mean that's what they did questions yeah boy i feel like that's something that should have been addressed in like page one (laughs) maybe it was and we missed it that's boy i felt like i was paying attention to this at the beginning but maybe i'm wrong okay just going back real fast what if there's a clerical error and you've made your payment but like something happened your internet messed it up or something <laughs> yeah and they come and take your organ Ooh. can your family members sue Jinko? and how much for like that's wrongful death probably a lot of money i mean in in current tort standings yeah you'd you'd be entitled to a big catch settlement so yeah i don't know they'd have to watch the books pretty closely there yeah. or send out some warnings or something i don't know although they seem to play pretty fast and loose with murder in this that doctor who comes in is like oh sorry diagnosis is bad they kill him I'm like don't kill the doctor who's like knows your story he's the one who can help you mm-hmm. they kill willy-nilly in this movie killy willy-nilly all right so let's say uh uh you had an organ replaced uh uranus and you fell behind in payments what organ would you sell to Co. in order to recoup your costs or to make up the difference um 
Does my appendix count? Does somebody need an extra appendix? <laughs> I, I really don't think so. All right, so but, but uh, all right, you can sell your appendix, but that only gets you ten percent of the way to your bill. Mm, how much are my corneas worth? Your corneas? You got to give the whole eye. It's the whole eye or nothing. Well, I'm gonna go blind either way, so I guess I'll just give up my eyes. Well, well can I sell one eye? Is my question. You can, can sell one eye. How much is that? Uh, depending if they're good eyes. I don't know if you wear contacts or not. I don't know you that well. I Who are you? Better than 2020 vision. <laughs> do you really? Yes. Really? I do. Can we trade eyes? No. <sighs> also, they're a lovely shade of ice blue. <laughs> Does that give me more money? Um, no. The the uh, yeah. Unfortunately, the the color that's most in demand is uh, cinnamon. So brown. <laughs> oh my god. You're going to tell me that the next that, that the hair color that everyone wants for hair transplants is brown. Oh, yeah. No, no one's going to take your hair. Like, that's like discrimination. That That's down in the bottom of the bargain bin with all the Nightmare Before Christmas action figures. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> You're wading through a bin of things and there's oh, just hair. Red hair. Who put this garbage in here? 75% off. Pfft. Call me when it's 90. <laughs> Call me when they're paying me to take it away. <laughs> so you're willing to give up your eyes to keep your anus? I use my anus for a lot of things. I don't know. You only I... look at stuff every so yeah. often. I can get movies on Braille. <laughs> I barely use my eyes. I can still do this podcast without my eyes. Hey, podcast is an audio medium, okay? I can talk without my eyes. I mean, if your eyes really are better than 2020, throwing your appendix, yeah, you got a deal. All right. Save my anus. <laughs> what about you? What organ are you getting rid of? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'd be willing to give up one kidney. Okay. You can live without one. That's true. Um, got to watch what you eat, though. Is that the, the trade-off? Yeah. They're, they're, you got to be careful with your potassium intake. Oh, really? Mm-hmm, got to yeah. cut down on my, my bananas? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Real quick, long time ago on the podcast, you were like, what is it with British people and, and putting R's in banana? And I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? And you're like, they always say banana. And I'm like, okay, Ryan, whatever. Then I started watching Great British Baking Show. Paul Hollywood loves fresh bananas. I knew it. See? <laughs> And every time they say, and I'm putting in fresh bananas, I'm like, no, this is where you got that from. <laughs> British people say banana. Anyway. Uh, I heard on a podcast that there's, there's a term for it, like invisible R or something right. that, that Brits use in a lot of things. But Well, thank anyway. you for saying that on pod. I'm keeping all of that. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely give up one kidney. If we're giving away organs and not, say, body parts. Mm-hmm. No, you like, got to keep all your body parts. They yeah. don't want those. <sighs> We can do sign over a podcast, right? I can give up my vocal cords. I feel like talking just gets me into more trouble <laughs> than uh, anything else. I'm just talking at you and you're just like... <sighs> I'm making crazy signs. And you're I'm like, just... Matt agrees with me 100%. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a fun podcast. <laughs> uh, I wanted to play a little game with you real fast. Sure. One of the songs on here is... Things you see in a graveyard. And so I wanted to see what are things we can list that are in a graveyard. Go. 
Um, gravestones. Okay. Grass. Okay. Uh, potentially relatives. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Ghosts. Mm. Grave diggers. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, mortuaries. There's got to be some sort of. Uh, Usually. Yeah. 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 What are the, the, the family tombs called? Crypts. Crypts. Is, is that? Yeah. Yeah. So potentially a crypt. Or tombs. Tombs. They call them that too. Uh, tombs. Okay. Uh, eternal flames. Okay. Oh, yeah. Good one. Um, there's probably some trees there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say uh, creepy goth kids playing chess. Likely. That's a likely one. <laughs> not probably should have been number one. But. Probably not all graveyards, but definitely most. I'd like to also add uh, karaoke tombstones. <laughs> okay, sure. And like your your, your departed grandma. Yes, and um, I feel like golf carts are a big part of uh, graveyards because if it's big and you're a groundskeeper, you got to get around quick sometimes. So sometimes you see a great you'll see a golf cart at a graveyard. Yeah, probably lawnmowers too. Oh yeah, they got to clean. That's that's a thing. Yeah, landscaping people in general. Yeah, I guess a vampire could. Potentially be at a graveyard. What's the vampire doing there? Paying his condolences, of course. Oh. <laughs> Actually, yeah, vampire probably has lots of dead friends. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I- I'll buy that. It's a good list. <laughs> if we have a haunted house that has a graveyard, I want to include all those things. <laughs> Including goth kids playing chess? Well, yeah, that's that's creepy. Yeah. Also stupid, but doesn't mean that they're mutually exclusive. I know some goth kids we can get. What did they say in the song? I don't even remember now. <laughs> Things you see in a graveyard. I don't know. They just oh, say they, they, they say that spookily. They don't oh, have okay. they don't have the awesome list that we came up with. So, is there only one Repo Man? Okay, going back to our revamped Repo Man. I want the gritty real life of a repo man. Not this one. Not Anthony Head, who's like going to maybe inherit Jinko. I want to know the one who's like day in. He's single day in. You want day like out. punching a, a, a time card? Yeah. And he goes home and he makes his cup of noodles or whatever. And he's just like, I can't keep fucking doing this. <laughs> and then he finds like a way out somehow. Maybe, maybe selling drugs. Maybe he's selling the, uh, the, um, the zipper Dexatrim or whatever yeah. it is. I can't remember. The Welbutrin? Yeah, it's in uh, the one that comes in. Um, what does it come in? A uh, little plastic glass. <laughs> A little plastic glass? <laughs> A little plastic glass. Okay, maybe in this one, that's what it comes in. That's fine. You know, this is like the dread of the repo universe. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, could be a little, you know, there's variations. There's a big world they built here. Let's tell some stories in it. Yeah, it just kind of felt like there was only the one repo man is, is sort of my... Oh, yeah, that was your question. Yeah. No, there should be more. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Why, why, do, why is there you no... You want to see like the drudgery, like... The, I want to the... see two repo men fight. Oh, there's a movie. Come on! Yeah, and oh, that could totally be it. Is like one repo man is coming to get Shiloh's like the heart or something. Yeah, that, now that they've determined that she has not bootleg or counterfeit, but uh, uh, stolen contraband. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, something something along those lines. Listeners will make it up. They're smart. <laughs> now that they know 
that she has a organ gotten through misappropriation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, total Repo Man fight. Missed opportunity Hello. movie. <sighs> and it's his best friend. If, yeah. <laughs> he knows Shiloh. But he's doing it because he knows that, like, if he doesn't do it, he loses his job and dies. Yeah. But he's like, you know, and he even apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry, man. I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, over my dead body. God, I just... This movie proves that, like, you can create conditions for something to thrive, but you can't force it to grow, you know? Oh, totally. It's totally. just like... I feel like it's such a rich, great place to story build, and they just picked the worst one to build the movie around. <laughs> yeah, I f- also feel like in our story, there's no room for Sarah Brightman, which which is sort of a shame. Uh, uh, okay, because so I, is... I don't want to push out the people who can actually sing. This is before Sarah Brightman dies, and oh. she's just on the radio all the time. What do you mean she's just on the radio all the time? Well, apparently she's performing. Not even on TV. Like, because everything's, like, building to this night at the opera. We can't even give her, like, a good, like, a uh, 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 Plava Laguna scene. Well, we can give her... In our movie? Yeah. Yes, definitely. She sort of has one that's in where the That's where the repo showdown happens, as well as Sarah Brightman's <gasps> delivering this massive aria. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe she's sort of, um... It turns out that she's an organ smuggler. Yeah. And she's working with Repo Men. Mm. And then the friend Repo Man finds out about it. And he's like, and I also, I know about Blind Madge. Yeah. Something along those lines. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, I think that's good. We can toy with that. Would you keep her, her hologram eyes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I want them to malfunction once in a while. Like, like I, there's, there's moments when this movie gives us some humor. And I'm like, okay, let's find places for humor. Like, I want her to, like, be looking at some porn and someone walks in and she's like nothing nothing uh. <laughs> click click turn on it's like foot fetish porn or something <laughs> yeah and then like pop-ups just keep coming up why is that man's foot in that lady's vagina <laughs> nothing uh, nothing i'm practicing for tonight's show <laughs> i'll bet we could get sarah brightman to do that see i was gonna go more tragic and think that uh she should like bird box it and like have like a, a blindfold while she's singing <gasps> oh like she hasn't gotten, or their eyes are in the shop. Yeah, yeah, sure. That'd be fun. Yeah. Ah, this movie has so much potential. We'll do a modern day remake. Okay. wants to give us money we've got a storyline in the repo the genetic opera universe that's gonna kill yeah hey if this has a built-in cult fan base and we do a spin-off sequel could be cash in the bank built-in market just saying guaranteed this many people will see you raised your hand very low there <laughs> that's okay anyway uh i'm glad thank you for indulging me yeah this i mean this definitely was like bottom half of the, the the movies that we've done on this podcast but it also wasn't so low because i did try and meet the movie on its terms right it's not for us so not it's not us. automatically bad but objectively it's bad yeah 
Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, anyway, what do we have coming up next week? Next week, doing a classic. In a way, a quintessential 80s slasher, I guess I'll say. Okay. Perhaps not as well known as some, but uh, I'm going to do uh, the, the Jamie Lee Curtis sensation terror train. Oh, you said it. Okay. <laughs> I thought terror train was describing it. <laughs> that would be good. It's a terror train. Yeah. No, uh, no. A terror train is okay. the name of the cool, movie. Cool, 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 cool. Have we done anything with uh, JLC on here before? Oh, we did. Mother's Boys. Duh. <laughs> Duh. How could you forget? <laughs> uh, yeah. This is uh, one of her three big horror movies. Okay. So it's like Halloween, Prom Night, and then Terror Train. Uh, it features... A very young and very handsome David Copperfield in his only film role. Hey. Um, I saw David Copperfield live. Oh, really? I did. What did he make disappear? Your pants? <laughs> I was six. <laughs> he made a woman disappear. Oh, okay. It wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Does he do magic in the movie? Don't he, tell me. Okay. I won't. I won't. He's surprisingly attractive. Like, I wouldn't have thought of myself. But okay. um, I think you will like this one in roughly the same way that you liked Sleepaway Camp. Okay. But yeah, this is this is one of my favorites of the genre. Genre. Slash away, slash away, slash away all. Yeah. It's Christmas in October. <laughs> or something. Uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. I'm down. I'm down, down, down. Plug or junk, get the fuck out of here? Yes sorted topic of coin well on that topic before we start begging people to throw money at us we got a new person giving us money old friend jimmy donahue ah uh friends of the pod will remember that he's the one who sent us the video for the 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 electro suck 3000 i can't remember what it was called now whatever it was it was magic yeah that was almost a full year ago now we talked about that in Schlocktoberfest last year. On our Christine episode. Yeah, yeah so, that's right. There you go. Yeah. Jimmy D, been a big fan of the podcast for a while. We love you, Jimmy. Um, and thank you for becoming a patron. Welcome to the fold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't want to not be like Jimmy, do you? <laughs> don't do what Jimmy D, D doesn't do? do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> And yeah, we love our patrons. We've got some really good stuff coming up in uh, December. We have since figured out a name for you. Well, you did. You voted on it. But because of our production schedule, I don't know what that is yet. God, you really boxed us in here, didn't you? It's a neck and neck thing. We'll find out. Um, so anyway, lots of tears, lots of bonus content. It's lots oh, of fun. Yeah, Jimmy D said that uh, we need to have one tier when someone breaks a new tier uh-huh. it needs to be the Lars Von tier <gasps> that's a great idea yeah I told him I'd, I'd lock it away okay 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 okay. Uh, I think uh, the next tier that hasn't been picked yet is the $20 tier so if anyone wants to jump in at the $20 tier we'll call it the Lars Van tier <laughs> yeah that's a great idea yeah no that was a good one uh, $20 it's what one banana a month you can afford that I think that. it's two bananas oh that's two okay, yeah well it's a different story but still <laughs> Anyway, it's super easy and super fun to be a patron. And uh, I set a goal that at 10 patrons, we do a very special episode of, like, I'm going to do a full produced episode like these, but only I for patrons. I thought you'd forgotten the name of this podcast. <laughs> We're going to do a very special episode of, what? What is this? Um, I don't want to say the movies, but we've picked some real good ones that we're going to let you vote on. But um, I'm going to do a full produced episode that's just for y'all. And that's going to be special. So anyway, 
we tend to belabor this point lately, but... Uh, well, right, because if you do this, then you can ignore the rest of our episode. Right. Uh, go to Twitter, at X-Rated Movies. Mm-hmm. Go to Facebook, at Rated X Movies. Go mm-hmm. to our website, xratedmovies.com. Yeah. Leave us love wherever you get your podcast. That's a great free way to support the podcast. If you're not ready to become a patron, just uh, give us a review and some stars. That really helps a lot. And if you don't know what to write, Jimmy Stewart Blumpkin, Gloopy Gloop and the Gloopenheim old fans old listeners tape hey that's it um until next week when we ride the terror train keep reaching for that rainbow Bye. oh keep uh, reaching for that rain boo ah! i just came up with that <laughs> <laughs>